Hello, coaches. Welcome to the Championship Vision Podcast. The Championship Vision Podcast is designed to encourage leaders to have a championship vision of their personal lives and career. This podcast is getting leaders to share their secrets of success. So get out your notebooks and write down notes to make you a championship vision leader. Elite leaders have a vision and find ways to get buy-in and believe in. Let's share a vision. Hey coaches, this is Nick Bartlett with Dr. Dish Basketball, and you're listening to the Championship Vision Podcast with Coach Kevin Furtado. Make sure to check us out at drdishbasketball.com and on Twitter and Instagram at at drdishbball for daily basketball drills, tips, inspiration, and how we've revolutionized the basketball shooting machine over here at Dr. Dish. Also mention this podcast and you will receive an exclusive discount on your next Dr. Dish purchase. Thanks for tuning in. Coaches, how are you? This is Coach Kevin Furtado. I'm the head girls basketball coach at Lake Oconee Academy in Greensboro, Georgia. I'm director of the Championship Vision Podcast. Welcome again to episode number 31 of the Championship Vision Podcast. Today we're interviewing Coach Joe Satesian. Joe has 30-plus years of skill development and coaching experience. He joined USA Basketball as a player development speaker and clinician at the USAB National Academies and regional clinics across the U.S. He recently retired from his position as athletic director for West Perry High School. Joe was also formerly the national director of basketball and youth fitness at 24-Hour Fitness where he managed programs in over 450 facilities nationwide. This position gave him the opportunity to work with countless elite NBA and WNBA coaches and players. He is also a 20-plus year veteran coach at the Duke University basketball camp, where he has gotten to know and befriend the Duke coaching staff, including assistant coach Chris Carowell and head coach Coach Mike Krzyzewski. Joe began his career in sports as an assistant coach at Dickinson College and later was the head boys varsity coach at Carlisle High School in Pennsylvania for 10 years. Joe is currently the director of Unleashed Potential, a basketball skill development company based in Carlisle, Pennsylvania. He has spoken at the Boston Celtics Coaches Clinic in Boston to over 100 of their youth basketball junior Celtic coaches from all over New England at their new practice facility, and we'll be running a clinic for the Junior Celtics on December 28th through 29th in Boston. Joe also has presented to a group of FIBA national team coaches from eight different countries at the University of Delaware in October on effective youth basketball development, and recently held a clinic in Ontario for the premier youth basketball organization for over 100 kids. Coaches, let's welcome Joe Statesian from Unleash Potential. This is Alan Stein Jr. My new book, Raise Your Game, High Performance Secrets from the Best of the Best, will be available from all major book retailers on January 8th. Raise Your Game takes a rare peek behind the curtain and shows you what the top coaches and players in the game do during the unseen hours. I share their routines, rituals, and habits, as well as proven strategies that you can implement with your team immediately. If you want to maximize your coaching impact and influence, order your copy today at RaiseYourGameBook.com. 
Kevin? Hey, Joe. How are you? Good. <laughs> Finally got this thing to work. Sorry about that. I'm, not <laughs> I'm not great with this technology, so. <laughs> yes, yeah. I sure appreciate you coming on and joining me on a Sunday. I know uh, there's a lot of other things I know you're busy with, but I appreciate it, Coach. Thank you so much. Oh, no, you're welcome. Glad to be on, and thanks for having me on. Yeah, and I, I, I already gave uh, kind of a preview of your background and so forth, but uh, I'll, I would love to tell your, you know, tell our listeners a little bit about your background and uh, what kind of led you into the great training you are doing with uh, Unleashed Potential. Yeah, so um, I've always, you know, even in my young days as a coach, I've always been really into player development and just really enjoyed my teams uh, getting better, my players getting better, whether it's in the off season or during the season. I mean, you know, coaching games and stuff like that at, at a very high level, high school level here at Carlisle was great. But um, I, I just really got a lot of satisfaction out of ha having players and teams, my players and teams get better. And, and to be honest with you, and I've shared this different places, you know, when I speak for USA Basketball nationwide at their coach academies and things, I always talk about my first experience with, uh, you know, skill development is when I was a, a seventh grader playing at, you know, playing for the Carlisle basketball program. Our, our coach, Gene Evans, used to take us to a camp at Juniata College in the, in the, in the foothills of, of Pennsylvania, small Division three college. And um, uh, Press Maravich and his, and his son Pete ran the camp. Uh, it's sort of interesting. I don't know how they ever ended up at Juniata College in Pennsylvania. But uh, <laughs> but as 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 a young basketball player, I was just amazed and mesmerized uh, watching what Pete what what Press did with his son and put him through a workout and showed us you know all the different things that that, that they did in developing uh, his skill. They were way ahead of their time, Kevin. I mean, it was just phenomenal for you know. I, I, I look back at that now and think to myself, boy, back then I really didn't even really realize what I was witnessing at that time. Yes, and I and, and I heard your story through the, you know, another podcast with uh, Mike Cleansey, and I love that story on press and and Pete and so forth. And what a great honor to have! I mean, have the opportunity to see him up close and personal. I mean, tell us a few stories about what he did at those camps and what impact he had on you, Pistol Pete. Yeah, it, it, what they did, you know, back then, and and, and these drills, and I even, you know, through my earlier coaching years and stuff. And I think a lot of a lot of people have gotten away from them, which I think is a big mistake. Uh, you know, the things that really caught me were the individual ball handling drills that they would do, like uh, you, you know the body circles, the corkscrew, and you know all, all the different like uh, you know the hand strengthening exercises, the arm strengthening exercises by handling the ball. It, and when I say that, it wasn't it wasn't necessarily dribbling. It was just doing, you know, different things with the ball. Like I said, circling around your body, you know, you're, you know, starting up at your head and then your waist and then your knees and, you know, just doing things like that because, you know, young kids today can't, you know, they're too young to be in the weight room, but you can strengthen your hands and your arms yes. doing those, those, those old Pete Maravich skill drills. And, 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 you know, I, I can remember like when I was coaching in Carlisle, it was summer camp. We always started with those drills, all, all the whole series of Pete Maravich drills. And I think, you know, and unfortunately, I think a lot of people have gotten away from them, but I think they're still very, very valuable. Yes, and I, I got to tell you, I'm a K-5 PE teacher, and I run all the youth camps for, for the wow. school, and I still do those drills. And I tell you, I, I do those drills now 
with my players. I coach girls varsity basketball. The reason why I do them is it develops hand speed. Oh, absolutely. And, and, and you know, I mean, and you can deliver passes quicker. Your shot gets off quicker. What I mean, what's your philosophy on that? I think they definitely relate to the entire game. Yes, they do. And, and you know, it's funny you mentioned that because that was one of the things I was going to say. Um, you know, the thing that really amazed me watching him do these these drills, were, you know, was his hand speed, his hand quickness. And, you know, yeah. and, and, and I think that's a huge part of it as well, as well as his strength of just, you know, today a lot of kids don't have strong hands. You know, and, and grabbing the ball, we call, uh, you know, we do our training, we, we call it, you know, uh, an aggressive receiving the pass aggressively, really going after the ball quickly with your hands and, and, and literally snatching it out of the air. You know, and that they're, they're skills that a lot of kids today don't have. And that's and that, that's a big part of the game, as you said. I mean, you know, not, not only foot quickness, but hand quickness and, and you know, and take it one step further. Um, we do drills, you know, sort of like taking that the Maravich drills and that, that philosophy. We do drills with Unleashed Potential now where we use handheld two and three pound uh, med balls where we have a basketball and we're doing and we're doing crossovers or between the leg moves or whatever. And they're having to shift the med ball from one hand to the other while they're while they're making the move with the basketball. And um, through my 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 travels and my experience across the United States when I was doing when I was national director of basketball. For 24-hour fitness, um, you know, I worked with some really, really good people who who I, I got some of those ideas from uh, who are doing them on the NBA level. And, and you'd be amazed. I mean, we, we use that, and it's a very efficient um, tool to use to increase hand, hand quickness and hand strength and stuff like that. Yeah, and I've been really taking a look at your videos and so forth you have online on YouTube and uh, I already stolen a couple of your things. I, I don't know if you mind, but oh, uh, I'm, I'm always looking for great little drills and so forth. And you all, you already sent me some, um, particularly the box drill, right? That uh, we absolutely love and so forth. Hey, I'm going to tell you a little story. I, I want to know because back in the day, I graduated in high school in 1982 uh, in San Jose, California. Okay. And I had the opportunity to work at a 24-hour fitness in Santa Clara. Wow. And that was, be that was before Santa Clara was the, the Santa Clara it is now. And I worked with a guy named Bill Duffy. Oh, and Bill, okay. Go ahead. And Bill, Bill Duffy played at Santa Clara under Carol Williams. And I worked with him at 24 hour. Now I think at the time it was called 24 hour Nautilus. And right. I don't know if it's the same, but um, I just wanted to kind of pick your brain because I know Bill Duffy's right now one of the top um, uh, sports agents. Right. His own organization. I don't know if he's still involved. I think I saw something that he's supporting 24-hour fitness still and so forth. But um, I just thought that was a little story. I don't know if you know Bill Duffy or not, but I actually worked for that when I, was at, I graduated from high school. I worked for 24 hour and I thought it was a great experience, but it was great talking the bill and so forth that time. No. Um, yeah. I, I don't know him personally, but I do know of him and uh, yeah, I knew, I knew he was a sports agent and I, I'm not sure if he is doing that yet now or not, but it's interesting. Yeah. I think 24 hour fitness started out that way. It was a 24 hour Nautilus. And then it just yeah. grew into 24 hour fitness. I'm not positive about that, but I'm pretty sure that that was the case because most of them uh, started out in California. So, um, yeah, what, what we had going on there was, was phenomenal because, uh, you know, obviously the biggest thing with, with basketball player development and skill development is you have to have facilities. 
And, sure. And I can tell you, Kevin, when I was national director of that, and Jay Williams, who formerly played at Duke and obviously now with ESPN, he and I and, and guys like Scooter Barry, uh, Rick Barry's oldest son, um, yeah, sure. we ran the, the largest player development program in the United States. And we literally, we had 24 Hour Fitness had over 300 facilities across the United States in most NBA and WNBA cities. And, and, and what we did was um, a guy by the name of Carl Liebert, who was the CEO and was the uh, former, um, former roommate and teammate of David Robinson at the Naval Academy when they went to the Elite Eight. He, uh, he, he had this idea of trying to change the game in America and go back to the, to the basics and get kids playing like maybe 70 or, or playing, uh, playing 20% of games and working on their skills 70 or 80% of the time. And so he brought me on to do that. And we literally would, would, would bring in the best, you know, try, I would interview and, and audition some of the best skill development people across the country and bring them into our facilities. And I over, or we would oversee that, uh, that, that skill development going on, even, even, even to the point where we, we did a skill development thing. I ran a, uh, with the Harlem Globetrotters. They wanted to get into the, you know, working with youth on skill development. I ran that program for the Globetrotters in our facilities um orchestrated that and we did that across the united states too i mean we we had former a lot of former coach k's players involved with us we had former nba players a lot of former WNBA players and just some of the best skill development people across the country so you know you talk about you know stealing drills stuff like that hey you know what we all take from each other and exactly and, and, and you know what what i really what we really you know pride ourselves on and unleashed is we take a lot of things that I have learned through my, you know, unique experience of being all over the United States and we tweak it, you know, we make it our own. We add, you know, add different parts of it. I think that's what really, really makes you a good skill development person. Yeah. You know, and just being able to, yeah, we, we all get good drills from people, but then to be able to adjust it and, you know, to the kids that you're working with and, you know, we, we pride ourselves. We, we say this all the time. We have middle school kids and elementary school kids, and we might be doing the same drills we'd be doing with a, a professional player or a college player, but we just tweak it down to their level, so they so they get the uh, you still get a great benefit from that. Yeah, and I um, and I'm big on the basics, and but the basics are hard to teach these days, just because of where the game's going. I mean, I gotta tell you, I focus right right now. We're really trying to kind of solidify our defense. Huh? As I said before, I'm a girls basketball coach. I mean, we're trying to get our girls to stay in a great stance. You know how hard that is? I want you yes. to give me some ideas because I think stance is probably the most under top part of the game. I'm talking about defensive stance with the arms the and, you know, try to have a good, good knee flex, knee bend. Kids do not stay in stances. I mean, tell me a little bit about – some of the basic things that you focus on when you're teaching. Yeah. So that's interesting that you said that because this morning in our gym, we had uh, for the one hour, and this is during the season now, you know, or, you know, it used to be, you know, people would say, Oh, you know, uh, skilled player development uh, seasonal. Well, not anymore. I mean, we're, we're, we're busy 20, you know, we're busy every day of the year, regardless whether it's in season or out of season. As a matter of fact, this morning we had 11, high school players from different local high schools in the gym. And one of the things that we really concentrated on, we're big on this also, Kevin, is stance because stance, regardless of whether you're in offense or you're in defense or whatever the case may be, you need to be in stance most of the game. 
So we do a lot of stuff. We're very, we're, you know, we're very, very um, uh, technical working with kids on stance. Like today we did some ball handling stuff where they, they would explode off the dribble and they had to come back into a stance. Then they would explode off the dribble again, come back into a stance. So we always go back to that, whether we're working on, uh, you know, ball handling, we're working on defense. We do a lot of stuff with, with defensive stance where we'll have kids in a defensive stance and one player, you know, they'll have to slide, they'll, they'll pick up a cone and slide like lane line to lane line, okay, and drop the cone off and go get the next cone and slide lane line to lane line and again, and then the next kid in line will jump in and do that. We do that the whole way up and down the floor. So just, just to promote that stance. We're also, you know, like I said, change, change the pace and change the speed. We do it. We incorporate a lot of that with our stance stuff too. Yes, and I love – you do a lot of cone pickups I noticed on that just from – but I, and I love that your cone pickups with your ball handling. Tell me a little bit about the philosophy of that. I guess it's to promote lowness, like we're all trying to teach. Um, tell us a little bit about those type of drills that you do. Yeah, you know, and, and that's the thing, you know, and lots, it's, it's funny because, you know, you hear I basically, I, here's what I tell people, Kevin. I've seen the good, the bad, and the ugly, and, you know, and, 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 I, and I can say this because and I think I'm, I'm very unique in my, in my experience to, to be able to say this. But I, I've literally been in almost every major city across this country and seen so much different types of training and whatever going on. You know, and you hear people say, oh, you shouldn't use cones and you shouldn't do this, you do that. You know what? If you can make it applicable and transferable, then, you know, I, I don't I don't call them. Like, you know, some people say, you know, there's people out there doing tricks and maybe they are. OK, but everything we do is for a purpose. We're big on the why. And we'll literally tell kids. This is why we do this. Like, for instance, like, like, like your cone thing. Yeah, it, a lot of it is teaching kids to stay low, okay, teaching kids to stay low. And, you know, sometimes it, we use the med balls that we're talking about, the handheld med balls, when, when we're taking the ball to the basket just to develop like, hey, you know what, they're, they're going to have to have a strong offhand, um, you know, when they're going in the score. A lot of times kids go in and they got their arm down at their side or something like that. We force them to hold that heavy med ball. And I, I just think that that's stuff that's very applicable. Uh, I like to call them tools of the trade. And, and you know, it's interesting. Um, I've been around a lot of uh, strength coaches, one in particular down at Duke, uh, Will Stevens, who's been tremendous to me. I've been working with him for 24 years in my relationship with Duke and uh, working Coach K's camp and spending a tremendous amount of time with Will Stevens, who's one of the best in, in, in the business. But, uh, you know, I, I've just learned so much from from these different people in terms of, different ways that you can not only work your strong hand, work your off hand, work, you know, work on kids getting low, working kids getting stance, like through the use of those med balls and things like that. Um, and, and, and cones. So that's the whole philosophy behind that really trying to get kids to stay low, because I'll be honest with you. That's one of the hardest things to teach kids to do today. They all want to stand up. You're right. So that, that's really the, the, the main reason, like we, we do a lot of that, you know, the, the cone pickup and stuff like that. And I'll tell you the other thing with the cone pickup, um, it forces kids to, to do different things at one time and keep kids from having, you know, keep them from focusing on looking at the ball when they're handling the ball. If they're having right. to do something else uh, and take their attention off the ball, I think that's a very, very uh, great learning tool. And that's one of our philosophies behind it too. Keep kids, to, you know, to make kids keep their eyes off the basketball, not be looking. Cause that's a big thing with young kids. As you know, everybody wants all these you know, young kids today. They want to look at the ball when they're dribbling. They don't see anything that's going on on the floor. That's another yeah. reason behind yeah. that. Absolutely. I love that. And, I, hey, if you can send me a, a short video, I know I got all, I'm getting on your videos now, 
but uh, I would love to get some on your med ball training because yes. uh, I, I just, you know, I, I would love to kind of see how you guys are doing that. Hey, tell me about, you just finished a clinic with the Boston Celtic youth coaches, right? Just recently. Correct. Uh, tell us about what you taught them. And because I'm big on, it, it's hard to get youth coaches. We have a lot of parents. I run the youth, our youth program out here. And it's tough to get them to understand to not overcoach, just yeah. teach the basics. So what are you trying to teach these guys? Yeah, and that, that was a tremendous, tremendous experience. Uh, the Celtics have, have been very, very good to, to me and us at Unleashed Potential. Um, they're, they're one of their front office people, Sam Taub, um, heard me. He does a tremendous job with the Celtics youth organization. Heard me speak when I did a USA Basketball Coach Academy, Academy in Boston. And contacted me actually at the at the academy afterwards. We sat down and had lunch, and he got me involved with them because I, I didn't realize it at the time. But the Celtics have probably one of the best. Them and the Golden State Warriors probably have two of the best youth development programs for any NBA team that's out there. And uh, what they do is, I mean, they cover all of New England, so they have this they have this network of junior Celtic coaches in their programs. They run through all the New England states because. The Celtics are, are the only uh, NBA team in New England, so right. I, didn't, I didn't realize it until I, I, I worked. They had me come in and speak to their all their youth coaches. We had over a hundred in the in the new Red Auerbach facility. Had over a hundred uh, junior Celtic youth coaches coming from New Hampshire, Maine, Vermont, Massachusetts, and uh, I spoke uh, to them about youth basketball. And coach, assistant coach Jay Laranega from the Celtics also spoke. But to answer your question. What, what we focused on, and, and, I, and I hear you because most of the youth coaches are volunteers. A lot of them don't have any formal training. So right. I spent literally, I spent like an hour, hour and a half first just talking about what a practice looks like, what a youth practice looks like. And I gave them a very, very good model that I have used nationwide and I've had tremendous, tremendous results with. Um, and, and we use it here locally. And, and I really spent a lot of time on that model. It's called like a, it's called, we call it the competitive edge model. And what that is, uh, Kevin is it breaks down like a, you can use it for a practice model. You can use it for a player development model. It breaks down into five or six segments over a hour, hour and a half time period where, and, and you can tweak this to any way you want, you want it, but like say, you know, 10 or 15 minutes would be ball handling segment, 10 or 15 minutes, you know, been talking about the basics to what we were referring to. Uh, so ball handling for 10 or 15 minutes. There'll be a shooting segment for 10 or 15 minutes. Okay. Then there will be a speed agility quickness session with or without a ball for 10 or 15 minutes. And then there might be a defensive segment for 10 or 15 minutes. And then we have what we, this is where we get the competitive edge part. Then we throw in a competition segment for 10 or 15 minutes. So in an hour and a half, you're getting some great, great basic fundamental work, which, in my opinion, that's what they should be focusing on. Yeah, if you want yes. to spend 15 minutes, throw 15 minutes in there to do some offensive, defensive work as a team, okay, that's fine. But then that, that competitive edge part is like, a, you know, USA Basketball, we're very big on cutthroat, three-on-three, because three, we really believe that kids learn how to play basketball the best if you play the game of cutthroat, three-on-three. Three. So then we'll have like a three-on-three three competition. Or maybe we'll have some type of transition game competition or something where they're getting competition. So if you take all those segments and put it into one, I have found this. And again, I have the reason reason I can say this because I've used this all over the United States. It's a very, very, very good model that we just love 
and and they just they just loved that and ate that up and were, they had a zillion questions uh, for me about that so that's one of the things that i did and then i just i just you know share with them you know our usa basketball philosophy and some of the things they should be working on and with the kids at that at different at those ages and and and, and things of that things of that nature so like i said i spent a lot and then i actually gave them some drills i mean i actually brought said look here's some examples of the drills that you could do for these different segments and, and things like that. And you, Kevin, you, I was amazed afterwards. They came up to me and uh, literally got, gotten sort of swarmed with people just having questions and, you know, just wanting to learn and know more. So it, it was just an absolutely uh, tremendous experience. Um, not only for me, but, but for the coaches that were there, I think they, they took a lot of Celtics. absolutely loved it. I think they took a lot uh, of stuff away from it. Yeah, and that's why the Celtics and the Warriors are the two best organizations. You know what, Kevin? I, I, I mean, let's be honest. Now, I'm from California, so now I'm, I love my Warriors. They are the best-run organization. Let's be honest. They have some great people. You know you know them better than I do. And the Celtics with Brad Stevens and all those guys, Danny Ainge, those two are the best, man. Yeah, I know. And you know what's really interesting? When I, when I did, that, um, when I did that, that youth clinic there for the coaches – uh, Danny Ainge was actually there. I mean, I, I, awesome. I, walk, yeah. I walked into the Red Arbot facility. Sam was bringing me in, and uh, and there's Danny Ainge standing right there, you know, watching what was going on, and he introduced him to me, and I uh, had a few, you know, got a chance to talk to him for a little bit. But let me tell you something, that that organization is unbelievable. And I and then I, you know, I can speak for the Warriors a little bit because a good friend of mine, a guy by the name of Jason Perkins, used to run all the Warriors. Uh, youth stuff years ago before he he joined us you know before he was at 24-hour fitness and he actually was uh the director of the uh the program before i was and then he he, he moved on to something else but i know what he did with the warriors and i know um it was very very similar to what the celtics are doing now and you know and, and you know and not putting down any other organizations but uh, a lot of them just don't they're not invested in the youth part of it yeah. like, the, like these two organizations are you know and i know that for a fact yeah and, and to me it's just a great model because if you invest in the youth eventually those youth are going to invest in your organization oh absolutely. I mean, don't you agree and not only that you're you're helping out kids by really teaching them the game i just think it's there's so much to gain by that but i guess everybody has their different priorities right coach <laughs> Yeah, they yeah they do, and you know what? I'm, I'm starting to I'm starting to see though that more and more are going that way because I think they're seeing what what other people are doing, and and I can tell you, you know, I, we did now two. Not only did I speak to the to their youth coaches and do that clinic for them, but we now two years in a row have have been invited up there and ran actually ran with them clinics for the junior setups. Like uh, we were just up there two weeks ago, and we had it was a, had two different clinics they had us at, and you know, we had over 150 kids that right. had, that signed up for those clinics, and um, you know, in that new Arbach facility, it was really interesting because you know, Sam uh, Sam Taub at the Celtics, the director of it, even told the kids, he said, "Look, he says, you guys, you know, you're you're on sacred, you're on sacred uh, floor right now." Exactly. Not many, <laughs> not many people get to be on that new. You know, people from the public, other than the team, are allowed even to step on the floor of that, of that new red hardback facility with the beautiful, that parquet floor. So man, you could, you could eat off that floor. That thing was so nice and new. It was, it's, it's just tremendous. I mean, what they have there and uh, allowing those, I mean, that's, that's great PR for them too. Like you said, not let alone they're getting the skill development and investing in the youth there. 
because that just gets those kids even more excited to want to come to Celtic games and buy the Celtics, you know, and just, you know, buy into the brand of the Celtics. You know, who it's all about, yeah. Who wouldn't want to, you know, if I was a kid, that, that would sure. be one of the greatest things I've ever done to be able to go and say, hey, this is where Kyrie and, and all those guys practice. I'm, I'm actually on the floor. Yes, and I think, cause I, you know, we uh, I live 90 miles from the uh, uh, Atlanta. So we're right. I'm between Atlanta and Augusta. So, you know, you got the Masters, you got Atlanta. So I, right. I'm in a really good area, by the way. Uh, I got to get you out here for a clinic, Coach. Oh, I, run uh, a cl- I run a clinic out here every year at my school. I got to get you out here. We'll, we'll have you stay at the, um, the Lake Oconee area out here. Man, we got to get you out. No, absolutely. <laughs> I appreciate that, Kevin. Absolutely. I mean, I – it's been, uh, I, I got to say, I'm very, I've been very fortunate, um, really humbled by uh, the opportunities that I have that I've recently. I mean, I, I've always gotten, I've had some great opportunities from what I've done through my career. And I've been really fortunate of, of, of the places I've, the people I've gotten to meet and the places I've been asked to go. Recently did a clinic up in uh, Ontario. I've been invited to uh, a camp in Italy that many NBA and I know even Coach uh, Don Showalter has done and told me it's just a tremendous camp to, to do over in Italy. So, um, so not only am I doing some stuff nationally, but I'm also getting a lot of uh, international stuff. And I, I would love I, – I go anywhere. You know what? I, that's what my way of saying, hey, you know what? I, I love this game. I love to help grow the game, especially being affiliated with USA Basketball because we are all USA Basketball, you know. Right. And, and uh, you know, I, 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 and they, they are doing it right, Coach Showalter. And Jay Demings and his and their staff at USA Basketball are doing a tremendous job, and uh, I'm just so honored and be, you know humbled to be able to go around and you know work with them and, and work their regional camps and clinics, speak for them for you know at their national academy, coaches academies, and then just to be able to go you know places like like your area and just and put on clinics and stuff like that, and uh, you know I just feel like I've been blessed with my opportunities, and I, I want to share it with as many coaches as many kids as I can. That's my way of giving back to the game. Yes, and I, I got to tell you, there's more talent in the Atlanta area and Georgia basketball talent. But I think I don't. I think there's so much AAU out here, and there's there's just not a lot of clinics, Coach. I actually run my own clinic, but um, there's not a lot of teaching clinics now. Point guard college things like that are great out here, right? But not enough. I think we need more of that. So I'm kind of on a mission to kind of get that done. Hey, tell me about your relationship with Coach K. I mean, I know you, um, I know you met him and had a relationship with him over the years. And I thought it was great that you talked about coaches need to build relationships and have mentors. I really, I really, I really took into that. Uh, tell, tell our listeners about your relationship with Coach K. Yes. And, uh, you know, and I, and I really, I firmly believe that, you know, when I speak again, when I speak nationally or internationally, uh, I say that everyone needs to have a mentor and really, you know, at the end of the day, if you want to be the best, you got to surround yourself with the best. You got to learn from the best. I'm, I, you know, I'm a, uh, a big, a big uh, proponent of Kevin Eastman and his stuff. And, you know, we can talk about right. that a little bit, but um, I, I'm a learn it all, even after being in, in basketball for over 30 years. And, and my relationship with Coach K started when I was in, I was in Plato Carlisle High School, a very, very good program. You know, we've had Billy Owens, Jeff Lebo, and, and people like that come through here. And my son, who was like the third, you know, third leading scorer, third or fourth leading scorer in basketball history at Carlisle. So we, you know, I've always tried to learn from the best and be around the best. So 
as when I came out of high school, I went to a prep school in New England, and I was recruited by uh, by Coach K at West Point. He sent his young assistant Chuck Swenson used to come to all my games up there, and got down to the very very end, and they wanted me to sign and get my physical and all that, and I you know I just decided not to go there um, at that time, and uh, that's where I my first experience with with him was. But then when I you know, I've all then ever since then I've always been a, a Coach K fan. I was a Duke basketball fan. So as a young coach of Carlisle, I just sent him a letter. I was like, Coach, you know, met you one time. You know, when when you were recruiting me at West Point, even though I didn't go there, I love Duke basketball. Uh, I, I really, I really like what you did. You know, as a as a coach and as a person, I just wasn't ready to commit to the military at that time. So what happened was, he, you know, he invited me to come to his camp. So I went down to Duke and I did his camp. And like I said, that was over 24 years ago, and the rest is history. I've been there for 24 years. We've had, you know, he's just been tremendous to me, and uh, that's where I actually met Carl Liebert. And again, it was about relationships, you know. And coach, coach uses this story. He he said this I mean, a year or two ago at camp, um, because there's there's probably a line of a thousand coaches every year that are that are one waiting list. They want to work to do camp, and and coach pointed out to all the coaches there because we had a couple young coaches there. And said, "Hey, you know, when 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 Coach's decision first came down here, work camp. He didn't come down here trying to climb ladders and see who he can just network with, and you know, trying you know try to use people to get get a, get a better job or what have you. He talked about you know just just working hard where you're at, going and doing the best job that you could. And I was I was really humbled, you know, that that that, that he said that. And he's just been very good to me through the years of our relationship, and I've learned so much from him." and his staff and that relationship just grew through all those years. And then, like I said, I had, I had a lot of his former players that were either done playing or not, didn't make the NBA. I got a lot of them involved across the country with our, with our, our, our player development program at 24. And I had these guys, you know, all over the place. I had guys like Thomas Hill, you know, working, working for us, doing skill development down in Dallas. Sure. Had, uh, Andre Buckner, who was Jay Williams backup at Duke had him in Dallas and I, you know, had other people across the country uh, from, from Duke. So, you know, we just developed through the years, a great relationship again, you know, and I, I just feel like he's always been one of my mentors. He's been, you know, very good to me. And, and, and again, it's about relationships. It wasn't about, I didn't, I didn't go down there trying to just, you know, network and see who I can meet and, you know, and, and try to better my, better, better myself. I just went down and worked really hard. And that's, that's a lesson I give a lot of coaches, Kevin. I said, you know, People watch. People see what you do. They 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 know if you're if you're working hard, if you're not, if you're just going through the motions, you know. Uh, and 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 think about their camp down there is they run that camp just like their program. It's first class. It's not a roll the ball out. Uh, Coach K speaks to the kids two times a day. He's there all the time. Um, you know, we do stations. We get up early morning at seven thirty. We don't get back to the room till eleven o'clock at night. So, I mean, it's just the way he does things. And that's, and that's the way I was, I was brought up as a coach by people like him. Okay. And, 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 and just, you know, following what the Duke basketball model is. And I, and I think that's been a tremendous part of my success because, uh, you know, I, I've met, it's unbelievable, Kevin. I could talk for days about the coaches that have come through there that end up as division one assistant coaches, guys I've worked with are in the NBA, you know, things like that. The people that pass through there, and because it's such a well-respected, well-respected camp and program. Yes, and I and I got to I got to tell you, Coach. Uh, I used to travel every year to Coach K. He had a clinic every year and so forth. And just and I, 
I went, I went to the same clinic for like four or five straight years and it was a long drive to go out there. Right. I learned something different every time. And he has such a presence. Yes. And I, I didn't even know him. Um, and he, he just has a way about him, doesn't he? Yes. Yes, he does. And, you know, and he's, you know, he's obviously his time is very limited to ter- in terms of, you know, being able to share his time with people as the years went on. They had more and more right. success. You know, if you, if you can, if you can catch a couple of minutes with him, you got to feel blessed and, 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 and fortunate to be able to do that. But yeah, he's very open to, you know, talking to you if he can and sharing things. And he's been very, you know, with me and, and, you know, just to give you an example. I think I talked about this uh, before um, on maybe the other podcast, but I was just down there with Chris Carowell, who's the new assistant coach. And, and I've known Chris for a year. I knew Chris, you know, 24 years ago when I was working camp. And when he got the job, you know, we were talking, he's like, Hey, he says, uh, you know, I, I've heard a lot of good stuff. He's just, would you want, you know, to share some stuff? So I went down there here about a couple months ago, right at the beginning of the season. And he and I were on the floor, literally on the coach K practice practice facility floor for an hour and a half. I'm sharing what I stuff that I do that he could use with the Duke players. He's sharing stuff with me. Cause that's one of the big things. That's one of the big benefits of, my relationship with coach i've learned so much from their you know from them and their assistants and their strength coaches and so now i'm able to give back to them so i'm I'm helping chris and then the players came out and they put them through their workout and i was you know i sat right there in the court and just you know watched their workouts and i've been fortunate to be able to be be down there practices and see those kind of things through the years and uh always learning more stuff so that's another you know benefit of just building a great relationship with someone and being genuine and working hard and you know people noticing what you're doing what's awesome is a great program like that is actually seeking your advice and other people's advice i mean that's what that says a lot about their program they're always trying to get better oh absolutely and that goes back to my learn it all thing you know some of the most successful people are the ones that are always willing to learn you know and again again another example i'm gonna throw this out about kevin eastman who's he's been at the very top you know assistant with doc rivers when the Celtics won the world championship 2008 was in the front office with the Clippers, you know, all the great things. This guy's one of the best in the world. And, you know, and he and I would sit down. I can remember a couple of years ago, I went out to uh, San Antonio to, uh, to, to visit Carl Lieber. He lives in San Antonio now. He's very good friends with Kevin also. And uh, Kevin and Carl and I sat down for breakfast. And uh, we're just talking and stuff. And, and Kevin, every time he, he's you're with him, he has his little book, his little journal. Yeah. And we're just discussing <laughs> basketball, life, leadership, what have you. And here he is, this guy who's been at the top, you know, one of the best in the world. If I say something he likes, he's writing it down. You know, he's, he's trying to learn more. We text back and forth all the time. Like, I'll come across something, hey, Kevin, check this out. And he, uh, he'll thank me, hey, thanks for sharing that. And he'll send me stuff. And he's been tremendous in that regard, too. So, I mean, that's, that's really what it's all about. It's about relationships, and it's about trying to learn from other people. And I can't tell young coaches enough that that's, what, that's, the, that's the model. You want to be the best and you want to, you know, you, you want to better yourself. Then that's the approach you have to take. You have to be a learn it all. You want to soak up as much as you can. And I, and I, and I continue to do that no matter where I go. I, I was recently working with some FIBA, eight, eight FIBA national team coaches. I was asked to come and work with them down at the University of Delaware. They were here for a month, just learning the game from NBA people, uh, myself about youth development and skill development and player development. So they had me in for an hour and a half. And uh, we, I mean, I, I just presented them all this stuff, gave them a huge packet of material. 
uh, and they're asking all kinds of questions. I could have spent eight hours there, but I, but I learned, <laughs> point is, I learned as much yeah. from them afterwards, just talking about international basketball and right. you know how they do things. And it, it was just another tremendous thing. And here again, you know, now I've developed a relationship with these people. Uh, you know, they had, they saw a lot of value in what I was sharing with them. And, um, you know, I've certainly got a lot of valuable stuff um, from them. Yeah. Coach. And tell me about, you know, most of my listeners are coaches just like me, high school coaches, middle school coaches, youth coaches. Uh, and I get feedback a lot from these guys who are listening to my podcast. Um, we're, we're journeyman coaches. We have a lot of us coaches. We've been doing it for a long time. Um, you know, we don't have all the state championships, but we really care about the game. What advice can you give them? Cause I know you coach high school for a while. Right. What, yep. what advice can you give a coach to kind of keep it going? What, what advice can you give to kind of really impact their kids? Yeah, I, I think, again, the, the, the biggest thing, and, you know, and, and here's what I, because I get this all the time, too. People say to me, well, you know, how are you getting to do these things that you're doing? And, you know, and, and it goes back again to just working hard at the job that you're at. And you're not chasing success. You just work hard and and people notice. And, and, and you know, and I was a high school teacher. I, I was up in that. And Coach, Coach K talks about this all the time. You know, he's brought this up about me to people. He says, you know, or even to me, he said, did you ever, did you ever imagine when you're up in that classroom at Carlisle High School teaching your 150 kids a day and going to practice, having a coach <laughs> afterwards? Yeah. Did you ever imagine that you were going to, that, that, that you were going to do what that you're going to be doing what you're going to do? And I was like, what you're doing now? And I was like, no, I coach, I honestly never did because I never really looked at it that way. I just tried to do the best job I could in the classroom, try to do the just best job I could on, on the basketball court and, and in with relationships. And to answer your question, to, to those coaches that are out there um you got you have to write letters to coaches you have to reach out to people if i never reached out to coach k I, we probably wouldn't be having this conversation right now because that that was it's been a huge part of my development you know you know 24 years ago if i never took the time to write that letter and reach out to him and then the other thing in, in dealing with players and here's something we're very big on is is the truth okay i, I think w w with kids today you got to hold them accountable you know these young coaches and stuff i know I call it the price of nice, and I talk about this when I speak for USA Basketball. Um, it's called the price of nice. It's a good coach versus a nice coach. Okay, it's like a good parent versus a nice parent. Uh, yeah, you can be a nice parent and don't hold your kids accountable, but at the end of the day, you're really not helping those kids. Right. You need to be. You need. Or you can be a nice coach and let kids get away with things and not be paying attention to detail and holding them accountable to that detail. That's being a good coach versus a nice coach, and telling kids the truth. You know, I, and I, I'm a firm believer in that. You know, you got to be you got to tell kids the truth. And I, and I used to tell my kids when I coached them, I said, hey, if, if a college coach asks me something about you, I'm not going to I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I'm not going to make things up. I said, I'm going to tell them exactly the way it is. And I think as a as a, any coach, whether young or old, you can't go wrong by telling kids the truth and holding them accountable. Because a lot of kids today, people aren't telling them the truth, you know, and then that comes back to bite a lot of people you know, in a lot of bad ways. So I'm just a very, very, I think that if I give the coaches or the young coaches out there, any coach out there is you got to be truthful with the kids. You got to hold, you got to hold them accountable. And, and, and the other thing is pay attention, pay attention to detail. I mean, right. I, I, I witness, I go to a lot of high school games and I see a lot of youth stuff and they're letting things slide. They're just letting things go through the cracks. And that goes back to all those fundamentals and stuff. You have to hold the kids accountable. We, that's a big part of our training at Unleashed. We hold the kids accountable. 
Okay. And, and, you know, you, in a positive way, and coach, some a coach asked me one time, well, you know, should I be yelling at the kids? Well, you, you don't necessarily have to yell at kids. You've got to teach kids what's right, right. what's wrong. Yelling really doesn't, I know people get upset or whatever, but yelling really doesn't, it isn't part of the equation. In my, yeah. my you're, you're right, Joe. And it, I'm just thinking it's like, and it takes a lot. This is my, my 29th year coaching. And it seems like mm-hmm. I've been coaching the same basics <laughs> over and, and some kids yes. get it quickly. Some kids don't. And I think a lot yeah. of coaches give up. Yes, they do. And yeah, they, they start that they start the blame game. And that is all oh, it's my, it's, it's the player's fault. No, sir. Um, you have to continue to grind and coach these kids up because it doesn't matter on the talent level, even the talent level, you still got to grind with them. Don't you think you still got to oh, keep coaching? That's hard to do. It is hard to do. Even, even yeah, talented or not, you have to grind and, and you have to, you have to continue to work hard, you know? And I like to say this, if, 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 a, if a, a team has a bad practice, that's not the player's fault. Right. Okay. That that's the coach's fault, you know, and he's, you know, some coaches maybe don't want to hear that, but you know, you, <laughs> That that lays on you. I mean, I, and I talk about this also. It's funny how this all connects. I speak about this also about your brand. I mean, if you if a coach, you know, to, to add to your question, you know, to answer your question about what to tell young coaches, you got to look at it like, hey, this is my brand. Like, this is my product. So you better be on top of your game. You better bring it. You better bring the passion. You better bring the energy. Hey, you know, let me tell you something. You know, I used to teach 150 kids a day in high school. And you have lesson plans that you're working on the night before, and a coaching plan. I walked into yeah. that coaching practice, and I had things down to the five to the minute. And yeah, sometimes we went over or under, whatever. But you know what? You got to bring it. You don't bring it that day, and you have a bad practice. That's on you. So, um, you know, that's the other advice to, to young to any coach that's listening is, uh, you know, you have to be prepared. You have to you have to show the energy and the passion because your kids will bring the energy and passion if you bring it, and 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 you have to teach. Okay, I, I, you know, I see a lot of telling going on and talking, but not as much teaching. You have to teach, keep it simple. You know, I really believe basketball is a simple game. You have to keep it simple, but you have to teach the game. You can't, you can't, you got to assume that, that the kids don't know anything. And that, that leads to, you know, we talk about this with Unleashed is, you know, there are a lot of skills to be taught. Well, hard work is one of them. You have to teach kids and show kids what hard work is. They don't know today. You can't say to a kid, hey, I want you to work hard. They'll look at you, well, I am working hard. They don't have an understanding what that is. You have to teach that. So that that that's you have to teach kids. That's why I like that competitive edge. You got to teach kids how to compete. And um, oh, I, I, one thing I wanted to mention, um, you know, because this is a big part of our unleashed potential. Sure. Um, with um, you know, my son is with was with us. He does a tremendous job. He's a former Division One player. He played for me at Carlisle. My uh, his wife, my daughter in law, she was Division Three All American. Does a tremendous job for us, uh, Alexa. And my son, Jordan, and then my daughter is now back and in, getting back involved with this. Kelsey was a division three basketball player, division two uh, track athlete. But um, the, the three of them, you know, they work really hard on teaching things like that. All the different skill, you know, something as simple as, uh, you know, things that a lot of people don't work on. Uh, cutting hard. That's a skill that has to be taught, just like working hard has to be taught and all those kinds of things. So um, we, we really focus on that. And I think any coach, whether you're doing player development or as a team, you really got to grind it out and you really got to bring it. Cause at the end of the day, that's your brand. And, and then that's on you. Yeah, I totally agree, man. You're, you're talking my language. I'm telling you. Um, 
And I, I want to go back to your unleashed potential and your goal is to force players out of their comfort zone, right? To make them uncomfortable. And if you're not uncomfortable, you are getting better. And I love that. Hey, give me an example. Cause I work with from grades K through 12. I have my hands on all the kids in our program. I'm actually very lucky. Um, tell me what you would do with a third grader beginning an intermediate seventh grader and maybe an advanced 10th grader. Can you kind of, I know that's a lot, but tell me how, what the difference between those three. Yeah. Okay. So let, you know, the, first of all, you said the third grader, the first thing is we have, we have what we call a, a building blocks program. And, you know, one of the things that I was going to mention this earlier, this gives me a good chance to mention it. Uh, one of the things is, well, obviously for a third grader, first of all, you got to teach them how, you know, have fun. They got to love the game. Okay, so, you know, in, in USA basketball, where, you know, they're, they're, they're big into really making sure that you don't advance too quickly with a kid at that age level or skill level. Okay, so we do a lot of just basic body movements. Okay. Um, which is sort of interesting, like learning how to jump properly, learning how to land properly. We incorporate a lot of speed, agility, quickness in with those kids just to get them moving. And then we incorporate, obviously, we incorporate a ball. We'll do some basic ball handling stuff with them. We'll do some basic, uh, even like shot work. We take we take a third grader, and we won't even use a basket. We'll use the ball, and we'll have them shoot the ball in the air the proper way right. to make sure that they're getting the proper muscle memory. Because you know, a lot of times in gyms and stuff, like you don't have a chance. You know, you, a lot of places they don't, you don't, they're not able to lower baskets or stuff like that. So what we what we try to tell people is for third grade level, you got to have them learn how to shoot the proper way without even shooting at a basket, even, even something like a layup, you know, I, 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 I do this many times Our building blocks program. I have them just hold the ball and learn how to jump off the right foot and just like toss the ball up in the air without even, without even worrying about a basket. Right. They need to learn the proper footwork and things like that. We're really big on footwork. So we'll take a third grade, uh, a third grader, and, and then we'll do some of that defensive slide work. We have this, we have this, uh, this one wheel exercise that we do or wheel, um, drill that we do where they learn how to basically do some basic ball handling and, and uh, defensive sliding and closing out and things like that. So we would, you know, we incorporate all those things with the third grader, you know, just at a, at a very, very, very basic level. And, you know, we talk about this all the time. You can't get bored with the basics, you know, like you said, you got to make, we try to make that we challenge them. We make them uncomfortable. I think it's okay. It's okay to challenge third grade. It's not giving them something ridiculously hard, but you got to challenge those kids too. You'll be surprised the more you challenge them, the more they rise to the occasion. That, and again, that, that's the uncomfortable part. Make them comfortable being uncomfortable. So we will do that with, with a third grade. Hopefully that answers that, that one for you. Yeah, it does for sure. And that, that's a great age because those kids, man, they're, they're like a sponge. Uh, yes, they are. I, I'm telling you, I work with them every day. They're like sponges. And uh, they love the little ball handling drills, things like that. I mean, those, that's the age where they'll start working on their own. Yes. And, you know, in, in getting back to my model, you yeah. know, I talked about that model. And, and here's what's so great about that model. You can incorporate that to third graders because the competitive part, Kevin, is and, and this is really where you get their excitement. We will play. We will do competitive games where we'll take cones and put five cones at each corner of the half court. And then we'll split the teams up and to have kids at each corner of those half, half court. And that's their home base. And they'll have to dribble a ball and go to another home, ba- another person's base and grab a cone and dribble 
hold the cone, dribble the ball back to the, to their home base. You give them a time period after two or three minutes of doing that. Then we see who, you know, who has the most cones back at their home base. And love it. Love eat, it. Yeah. They just eat that stuff up. So we'll do competitive games. So you could run the competitive edge uh, thing that I was talking about where you're getting the speed of Jody quick and you're getting the ball in and we're getting the practice shooting the ball the proper way, all those things, all those different areas. Uh, and then, uh, and then put in a competitive, a competitive game for them like that. So that, that's that's the way we would handle a you know a third grade. That's some of the stuff we would do. That's great, great, and a, and I'm sure the seventh grade or even the tenth grader are similar in many ways, right? With the basics, but you, what do you add? Well, it, it, with with the seventh grade and tenth grade, okay. One of the one of the things that we start to add then is proper footwork into a shot. We spend a tremendous amount of time on that, you know, base, basic footwork on how to pivot. And like those box drills and things. So then you take it up to another level. You're covering all those other things that we talked about, but you know, at a higher, at, at, at a, at a higher level. And then we add, then you add the footwork, the pivoting. Then you add the, what we call, and, and, and you know, I wanted to get into this a little bit with our unleash stuff. Um, then, then we add our combo drills where you'll actually incorporate. So it's sort of like a progression because you're working on those things individually as they get, as they're younger, but as they get older, then we, we combine, we very, very big on combo drills. And by that, I mean going from offense to defense in the same drill, getting, getting a closeout, a defensive slide, a, a backdoor into a shot. These kind, of, these kind of drills where you're using your time most efficiently, they're getting all kinds of action in one drill. We're really, really big on that with our Unleashed program. And again, let me give a little background on that. I have my personal training certification, my National Association of Sports Medicine. I went out and got my CrossFit level one certification just so I can incorporate some of the aspects of functional training into the basketball part. Because let's face it, most high schools, even division three uh, programs, maybe even division two don't have a strength or a performance coach like, like Duke has with Will Stevens or, you know, the, 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 the division one program. So our, our model is very, very popular because when I speak across the country, I, we incorporate those kind of things into the basketball side of it. So it's like a hybrid type of, of situation again where i've got learned this from a lot of the division one strength and performance coaches across the country and uh so that's take you know incorporating those things takes it up another notch when you right. get to the seventh grade and get to the tenth grade but that that makes sense it does and i would love to get your philosophy on in-season strength training i know we try to do some type of maintenance a lot of our girls uh we have weight training for uh you know our high school athletes but I'm not sure if it's helping them for basketball, if you know what I mean. Um, because, yes. it, you know, the bench press and all that, ah, it's, all, it's good, but I'm not sure if all that's really helping. What, what would you do on court before practice, post-practice to continue building strength or maintain? Oh, man, I'll tell you what, Kevin, you just, you <laughs> just, you just hit on it, man. I'll I tell you what, I love some of the stuff that we do because – here again, during the season, let's face it, I know here in Carlisle, they played three games this past week. Yeah, when, are they, exactly. when, are they, when, are they, when are they getting into the weight room, right? Right, so right. They're playing, they're playing a game, turning around, having one day of practice, and they're playing another game, trying to exactly. prepare. But let me tell you something. Here's, here's a big, big part of my model, our model that I, that I share across the country and across, and across the world when I do stuff internationally. Okay, so, and again, I, I just acquired this and my experiences and travels across the country seeing some of the best. Um, we do a lot of band work, mini bands for around the legs. 
you can do it with a ball. You can do it with partners. One partner's doing ball hand. The other partner's doing, uh, doing uh, you know, squats with the mini bands or, or scissors with the mini bands. It's sort of hard to explain it with, you know, not showing you. Right. But we do a lot of functional movements, performance trainings. You can put those mini bands around above the knee, okay, and they have different levels of mini bands, and they're very cheap. They're, very, they're not very expensive to buy, and you could have them doing squats. Like we're big on circuit training, so at the end of a practice, you can you can you can have a circuit each end of the each end of the floor where they're right. doing band, band training. A couple people are doing and through my CrossFit stuff, we do ball slams like with a basketball. Okay, right. we do we do rips into a ball slam like a, a full squat with your head up and chest up and getting getting your hips down below your knees and you slam the ball. It's like a ball. It's a, it's a CrossFit exercise to work on your core. Love and it. Yeah. We, yeah, then we have we do have a couple of people doing mini bands. We have a couple of people doing the ball slams. We have a couple of people doing uh, you get some you get the, the bigger bands where you can actually do like uh, uh, squat. You could do like a, a squat to a shoulder press with and stuff like that. Um, so we're really big on that. So as, as in a, and I'll tell you what, to me, for a ba- in season basketball program, you're not going to get any better than that because you can incorporate that right to the end of your practice, and each and you, and you go for like 30 seconds, and the kids rotate, and they switch off to the next thing. So you get like you get your whole team of all six kids at one end, six kids at the other end, going through this circuit at the end. And it's not only a conditioner, but it's a strength, uh, it's a strength maintenance program. And I'll tell you what, when I showed that across the country uh, with speaking for USA Basketball gotten tremendous positive feedback from that people were like i, I guess that the Celtics are doing it now the Celtics do with their junior Celtics program yeah uh, we were just we were just there last week and he goes joe sam says joe come over here i want to show you something he goes by the way i got i got the handheld med balls and the bands and stuff if you need them we're using them now at the junior Celtics so it's like i you know a lot of people are incorporating what we're doing but you, when you said that my eyes lit up because i was like oh i got something for you because i'm telling you yeah, and I definitely want to get that workout. Uh, now, the handheld med balls, we don't have those. We have the regular big med balls. Um, I love that. Um, and uh, I'll definitely check into that. Maybe you can send me some some key links on that for to get some of those at a good price. Uh, yes, for sure. But I, I definitely want like a uh, – you're saying like a mini, like a 15-minute, 10-minute, 15-minute circuit at the end. Correct. Yeah, and then and, and here's the great thing. So that yeah, it's, yeah, it doesn't be more than ten or fifteen minutes because they you you have six kids at the one end, at the one end, of the, you know, and, and and you have and you have six kids at the other end, you know, and you're rotating them every thirty seconds. It doesn't have to be you know a tremendous amount of time. You could do it in ten or fifteen minutes. And here's here's the best part, Kevin. So then once you get them fatigued, and this is you talk about transferable and why. I mean, I'm telling you, everything we do, there's a reason why. We tell the kids this is why we're doing this. What's going to do for you is. So we go through that, and then we call it we call it our fourth quarter shooting. So then we go through the circuit, and these kids are gassed, and then we put them through a shooting drill to simulate the end of the game when you're when you're very tired at the end of the game. Right, got right. Knock down shots. So we'll throw that in at the end sometimes too. But um, yeah, that 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 has been uh, tremendous for us. I mean, and, and again, you know, I've acquired this stuff just from many many hours of being with different people from <laughs> different levels, learning as much as I can and putting it all together and make it our own. Um, that That's where that came from. And again, just going back to, to coaches, you got to everywhere you go. Every time I go down to Duke every summer, I pick something up, whether it's from the strength coach, whether it's from the, one of the assistant coaches that I have a great relationship with those guys you know, or coach himself. I mean, you, you, no matter where you go, I, I know Kevin Eastman once told me 
one of the best drills he ever used with the Celtics. He got from a middle school coach, and he used to break. He used to use it with the Celtics. You know, there's some great, great coaches out there, not only at the high school level but the middle school level. And you know, I, I used to talk to Johnny Dawkins about that. He's an assistant at, at Duke now. He's at Central Florida. Um, he, he said to me one day, he goes, Joe, he goes, you know what? He goes, I'm not, I'm not necessarily a better coach than anybody else. He goes, there's, he says, I've been very fortunate to have this opportunity. He goes, there's many, many, many high school coaches out there who are tremendous. And, I, and Don Showalter is one of them. I say this all the time. Don Showalter has 10, 11 gold medals in the U.S. Junior National Team. Guess what? He was a great, great high school coach. And I'll tell you, I, I, he could coach in the NBA. That guy, that guy could coach at any level. That's how good he is. Yeah, and that's my goal, Coach, is to try to get Don on the podcast. Because uh, every person, I've, and I've had some pretty good people on here, um, yeah. of course, you know, I got to say you're the best, you know. <laughs> uh, oh, no, thank you. No, I appreciate that. No, uh, you know. But Don Showalter has come up I don't know how many times, and my goal is to get him on. And every time I hear him, I learn something different. Isn't that amazing? I mean, I know. There's, there's yeah. one or two things I pick up. Well, you know, and I tell people this, I say, you know, I'm very close with Kevin Eastman, Coach K, great relationship, now working with Don Showalter. And I, I tell people all the time, you know, I, I want to be around the best. And let me let me say, those three, that's the trifecta right there. I don't think you can get any better than those three. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm very blessed and I feel very fortunate to be able to learn from those three. I've gained, uh, I just can't even tell you how much knowledge and, and stuff I've gained for the, from those three. I, all three of them, no matter what they say, there's always something to be learned. Absolutely. Now, Joe, again, the, that that um, the training at the end of is that something you would do on a daily basis or you pick out two? What about like before a game? Uh, maybe just to promote, just try to get them tougher before a game. Yeah. Is that something you would do? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, you, you got to be careful. It depends on what time of the season is, because, you know, towards the end of the season, yeah. his legs are getting tired. It's getting down to the dog days of the season. It's a grind. Um, you know, you got to you got to pick your, your places. I, I, I'd right. say. You could do it before a game because, again, you know, I'll be honest with you. Some of the best conditioning, you know, these days of just running sprints and all that, you know what? This is going to gain you so much more, right? You know, just to keep the conditioning. You know, they're, get, they're getting some core work. They're getting some skill work because someone they're handling the ball a little bit and they're doing different things with it um, that, to me, that's, that's a valuable any time during the season. I wouldn't do it every day during the season, right. but a couple days a week and even the day before a game, why not? You know what? You know, why not? It's different. You know, you, 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 and here's what I find sometimes athletes, because you, you start playing so many games, uh, basketball players start to lose some conditioning towards the end of the season they do. because they're playing so many games. They can't, you know, there's very little practice time. Right. And, you know, kids that are kids aren't getting a lot of reps in the games. They start losing their conditioning. You know, a lot of kids that are, that are maybe coming off the bench and giving you some, uh, you know, role-playing minutes or whatever, they're starting to lose their conditioning. So this is, yeah, any time during the year, I would say a couple of times a week, it, 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 you'll find it'll, it'll, be, it'll be tremendous for them. Yeah, and particularly with girls, Joe, in the sense that I'm telling you, it, I think it's a little bit different. Boys are the same thing. But with girls, I think that really develops mental toughness. Absolutely. Yeah, we do this with girls. Yes. I, I totally agree. We do that. We do this with, uh, with, with girls all the time, this, this circuit training and uh, some of that core stuff. And we, we get out the plates. I mean, the plates where they got, a, 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 like I said, we have so many different things where we use, we use those little plastic paper plates and we, and we, we do stuff where they're down like in a plank position 
and they got to, you know, bring their knee across to their chest, sliding the play on their foot and stuff like that. I mean, there's so many different things that you could use. And, and here's the other thing that, you know, kids today, let's face it, you know, and I hear people say that, that the kids have changed and all that. I really don't believe that. I believe, you know, I've heard other coaches say this, that, that adults have changed. We're allowed – kids will do what you allow them to do. Sure. But but you got to keep it fresh. I mean, we're big on that at Unleashed, too. Where we, you know, we, we have so many different ways to teach a skill. You, 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 we have two things we tell kids. You can't get bored. You can't get tired. You know, you got to, you know, you got to find a way to grind it out. And, and we help them with that because we don't allow them to get bored. You know, we have different ways, the different drills and stuff. You got to keep it fresh for kids. You know, I mean, how, how many kids would rather run sprints than, 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 than do this circuit training where they're getting a, get a little bit of core work. They're getting a little bit of, uh, you know, speed, agility, quickness. They're getting some great benefits out of it than rather than just running up and down the floor, touching the line. You know, so I mean, and and, and it's 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 more fun for them. I mean, you know, I remember right. my high school, you know, high school coach used to run us into the ground. I was like, oh man, <laughs> you go back, you go back in the locker room, you just want to die, lay down on the floor, go lay down in the shower, let the water just beat on you. You know, <laughs> it was, uh, you know, those days, those days are over. I mean, because yeah. I'm big on efficiency and, and time. Okay, you only have so much time today in practice, you do. and you you got to use it every second that you can the most efficient way. And I think that's the most efficient way to do it. Yeah, and this time of year, Joe, it's it's very tough because uh, now my girls' program we don't have a lot of numbers. I mean, we're we're a very competitive program. We're a small single A school. We have smart girls that play hard. We don't have a lot. We don't have a lot of great athletes. I have one girl that's very good. Um, so we have to. We play against teams that are very athletic that mm-hmm. get in the passing lanes. Um, and where we struggle out right now, Joe, I want your advice is on cutting. How, I mean, and we have to, I got to do a better job of getting my players to move and cut better because you have all the teams we face five on five, they're quicker than us. What are some things that you do? Yes. Okay. So let me give you a little, let me give you a little teaching point here. And this, I found this, the kids, they understand this. Okay. If you put it this way, that seems, it seems like it anyway. Uh, we always tell these kids that your first three steps are the most important, whether on offense or defense. So if you're sprinting back on defense, your first three steps are the most important. But you better give me a burst of speed. I want you to run fast anyway, the whole way. But you, those first three steps better be markedly uh, faster than any any other steps that you make. So, and that goes for cutting on offense. You know, and again, Kevin, you know, we're big on this. You know, when I, we do our player development with teams or individuals or small groups, cutting is a skill. How many yes. people? How many people, a lot of coaches don't teach cutting, how to cut hard. Right. And I, you know, and I, and I know that was one of the complaints down at Duke uh, last year uh, with the team that they had. They just felt like, you know, they had to teach these young players how to cut hard. That, you know, it's a skill. It's, it's, it's a learned behavior. So on offense, those first three steps, you're cutting. You better make it hard. I don't care if we're running dummy offense or whatever. Those first three steps, you better have a burst of speed. And I think if you, if, you, if you drill that into their heads, that the first three steps have to be the best that you can hardest you can go. I think that helps them to understand. And again, you know, you, you have to teach them what it's like, you know, just like teach them how to work hard, teach them how to cut those first three steps have to be, I don't care if you're going back on defense or if you're cutting on offense, those first three steps better be very, very hard. It better be a burst of speed. So I think if, if you approach it that way, I think that uh, that helps them to understand. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, and again, it, it's also patience, right? Because, Right. You know, trying to develop these habits. Um, but what we do, tell me what you think. I, I have a term that I use 
I call it two second cuts and not, uh-huh. not that we're going to get there in two seconds, but I use right. that as when you, like we run, we run a flex motion. Okay. And you know, when you're coming off that flex cut, boy, you better get in that paint within two seconds. Got to be able to, so what, what I, I teach speed cuts because we run a lot of back doors, things right. like that. And we're still not quite there. We're not bad, but we're still not quite there. Um, tell me what you think about the term two second cut. Well, you know what, Kevin, I'm gonna learn it all. And guess what? You just got, you just gave me another, an, another little nugget. Because <laughs> I'm gonna use that because th- to me, that's, that's, that's like apples to apples. So my first three steps and your two second cut are exact to me are exactly the same thing. So I love that. I mean, I, I you know, that, that's a good, that's another, you're just, you're just breaking yours down to time where I've right. done them, you know, first three better be, better be as hard as you can go. Right, uh, right. So no, I, I, I love that. I think, I think you keep, you keep drilling that into them. They're going to get that. Cause that's something, you know, it's two seconds. Like mine's three steps. Yours is two seconds. They can relate to that. They know right. what that means. Well, if we say cut hard, they're like, well, guess what? This kid's hard cut. It's going to look markedly different than this kid's cut hard, hard cut. You know what I mean? So that's like you tell kids work hard. Okay. Well, this kid says I am working hard and they're really not. And this kid, you say, I'm working hard and he really is or she right. is. So, yeah, I mean, if you can make it tangible, I mean, with these, look at the kids, we, you know, kids are different in one sense. They're, we're, we're in an entertainment world with these kids. They, yeah. you know, cell phones and social media, they got to see it. They got to, they got to be able to relate, understand it. So if you put it in those terms, I think that really helps. Uh, yeah. Whether it's two second cut or three, first three steps, whatever you want to say. And don't you think all the great coaches have teaching cues? I, I think the best coaches yes. that I know, like you and all the great coaches that I'm around, these guys know how to teach, man. It's not just about, like you said, go work hard. Well, you got to be specific on your commands. They got to exactly. Yeah, <laughs> you, you, you're speaking my language again. You, you've got to coach in sound bites. You know, instead of saying go, say attack. I like that better. You know, you know, and, and instead of saying go game speed, I don't use game speed. You know, I always talk about this because um, game speed is that's sort of like, you know, that's a gray area. Okay. What's game speed? Right. Half these kids, they don't know what game true game speed is. So I call it a sense of urgency. You have to have a sense of urgency. And I usually, I usually think, Hey, if that alarm, go, that fire alarm goes off, that's a sense of urgency, man. We're getting out of here quick. <laughs> well, yeah. When you're playing, you have to have a sense of urgency because they understand that. I don't know if they understand what game speed is because, you know, again, that's just not, it's too general game speed attack rather than go attack. Okay, that 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 puts some aggressiveness in it. Hey, I'm right. stealing your fire alarm. I'm stealing that. Yeah, absolutely. No. We're always trying to get like that. Yeah, that's great, Joe. Thank you. No, you're welcome. You know, like I said, you and and, and here's what I tell coaches: you got to have a sense of urgency in your coaching. Right. And a sense, if you have a sense of urgency in life and in coaching, and you're going to accomplish a lot more. You know, that's just that's just my philosophy. Yeah. And I, and I only have, and I've got one question for you left, but I got to tell you, I have a friend of mine who's a retired coach, a mentor, and uh, he was laughing at me. He was, cause I always have coaches come in and try to evaluate my program because I just want to know whether I'm doing good or not. Um, no, I'll tell you what, Sam, <laughs> I, I, I commend you on that because that says one thing right there that you're, that you want to learn as much as you, and, and you don't have an ego where you feel like you, you can accept other people helping you. And again, that's again, the truth. You want somebody to come tell you the truth and about your program. I commend you on that. Yeah, that's absolutely. Awesome. Yeah. Um, but he was laughing at me because yesterday we were up by 
I think we were up by 30 at the end. It's like, it was the fourth quarter. And I, you know, you know, and I know you're not supposed to call timeouts, but I was, I was so angry at my team because we were not, you know, in the proper stance, we were not executing our offense. And it was, you know, kind of our second team. And right. I called a timeout and I was all over him. He was laughing at me saying, okay, all right. <laughs> but it's not the, I love that. Scoreboard. It's not the scoreboard, Joe. No, it's not the scoreboard. He's right, man. <laughs> I'm, t- I'm telling you something. I, I'm telling you right now. I mean, I love that because I've been in many games down at uh, Duke, and I'm literally right behind the bench. Literally, can almost tap Coach K on the shoulder, and I so I'm, I'm very fortunate to be able to hear everything that's being said. And let me tell you something: many games are up by many, many points, and they still you know, he's still coaching. He pulls me. He'll call a timeout. Pull my nut. It's not the way. We're, it's not the way we're doing things here. You know. And he will rip them and, you know, do whatever he has to do, regardless of the score and the time. So, no, you, you, you're, you're coaching all the time. That, that, I love that. I think that's, I think that's great. Absolutely, yeah. And I, I appreciate your feedback. I mean, I, I've learned so much. Hey, my last question is this. I call it my top three question. Give me, for you, give me three specific skills that all you coaches must teach in their practices. And I think you've already mentioned it, but the top three. Top three, and yeah. I and I tell you, the, the top one I'll stay first because I really believe it's not taught anymore, and maybe it's because coaches don't have enough time during the season to teach it. Footwork is number one, and 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 again, remember these these are skills: competitiveness, and I'd say I'd say uh, competitiveness and, and working hard. Those two go hand in hand, so you could sort of lump those together. I'm cheating a little bit by putting those two together. So hard, learning how to work hard and learning how to compete because there, there are skills that have to be learned and shooting. I think shooting is so undertaught today. There's so many, so many kids, even in the NBA. I'm telling you, Kevin, I've been, I've been, I'm not, I, I, I almost said, I'm not going to mention names, but I've been to NBA practices this every year and uh, closed door practices. Right. And have, have seen head NBA coaches teaching high level, high, you know, lottery picks how to shoot the ball properly. So I think, and if you watch games, go to high school games, whatever, there are, there are very, very few really, really good shooters. And, and let me tell you something. I got this from many NBA executives saying, if you, can, if you can become a great shooter, there's a spot for you today in the NBA. Because, um, you know, you might be just good at the other skills, but if you can become great at shooting, there's a spot. And even in, even in college. Right. There's a spot for great shooters. So I think three things are the footwork. I think is I, I we love teaching footwork because it's so undertaught. Kids today have horrible footwork, even on the major Division One college level and the NBA level. A lot of footwork's not really good. So you know we do a lot with footwork and just I think kids have to learn how to compete and, and play hard and then uh, the shooting. Are you a permanent pivot foot guy or or what's your philosophy on your footwork? Because I I don't I don't teach permanent pivot foot. I teach inside, no. so you're, you're inside. close to the basket. What, what do you th- what do you teach? We are inside, inside foot. Now, now again, I think kids have to learn that with those box drills. Um, you know, kids have to learn how to reverse pivot, and you'd be surprised. Even we do with USA basketball, we do those line. We do what we call line drills, uh, and they do them in every. We do them in every regional camp we do for USA basketball, and I know they do them at the national camps too. Um, when they have the national tryouts and stuff, they're called line drills where kids have to dribble out and learn to jump, stop, land on two, and reverse pivot, front pivot. Right. You'd be surprised how many kids can't do that. 
So that's a staple of everything. We, when we did this, I did it with the Celtics. Actually, I tweeted it out. We were doing line drills with the junior Celtics in their Arbach facility uh, last or two weeks ago. And uh, we just do that everywhere. So, yeah, it's inside foot on the shot. But we, we teach kids. They have to learn how to, you know, come out in the wing. And, and, and here's what we teach. To me, and I really believe this, the best way to create space on the, on the perimeter is to use the reverse pivot. So when you're coming out to receive the ball aggressively, go to that aggressive catch again, aggressive, aggressively catch the ball, but be able to reverse pivot and clear space. That's the best way, in my opinion, to clear space on the perimeter is through a reverse pivot coming out in the wing. So kids have to learn how to pivot different feet, front pivots, reverse pivots, out in the perimeter, coming into the shot. Uh, yeah, inside foot. That's, that's what we teach. But the hardest thing for girls at my level is um, ripping that ball through. We, I don't know how many times that, you know, we just, you know, get the ball stolen just on a poor, soft rip through. Uh, yes. And I know you yes. teach that, but that's the hardest thing to teach, Joe. <laughs> I know, Kevin. Well, let, let, me, let me share this with you. This may help you. I'll tell you what I've gone to. And, and, and I'm not saying who's right or who's wrong or what's right and what's wrong. Uh, I'm telling you what I really like that I've seen, and again, through my experience, <laughs> you know, across the whole country, is we really love the high rip-through. And I'll tell you why. Because it does two things. I think kids are more aggressive. It's more of a natural movement when you're ripping the ball high from shoulder to shoulder. Right. Ripping across, across the face. So it does that. I think it's more of a natural, and you can be more aggressive with it. And the other thing it does, it backs the defender up. If you catch the ball and rip that ball high, the first instant, the natural instinct of a defender is when they see that ball, and we're not, we're not talking about, you know, hitting them in the face with it, but it's making a circular movement, really high, violent. We call them violent rips. We work on this. A high, violent rip, that will back that defender up, and then you already got the advantage. So, you know, because who's, no one's going to stay up there and put their nose, you know, put their nose in your chest if you're ripping that ball hard. They're going to they're gonna think about it, and they're going to back up. So that's why we really like that, and we teach that a lot. And I'm not saying that you – you still there's there's places to use a low rip through, but we really work and we call it violent confrontation. Here's what we, word we use talk about words confrontation. We're confrontational in everything we do. We're confrontational when we rip through. We're confrontational when we dribble the ball. We're confrontational when we attack the basket. So we like to use that word. You have to be confrontational in everything you do. Yeah, I love that. I love that. I appreciate that. I mean, that's some great. I'm writing down some notes. That's awesome. Because uh, that at the girls' level, it's ball handling. Yes. I mean, you, mo I can get my girls to get shots off fairly quick, but it's that under that, that pressure against really athletic teams. Um, and we got two this week that they're, they're going to get right up into you. Now, we, we can beat these teams because we have some more skilled players, but right. they pressure us. And yep. sometimes we get a little frazzled. <laughs> yep, absolutely. So that's important. Um, hey, tell me about um, – you mentioned about your shooting. Um, how many shots do you think uh, players should get in a practice every? I always ask coaches this. Some coaches don't do a lot of shooting. How many shots per practice should we be getting in? Yeah, that's a great, great question because my biggest and, – and, and I know I've been a high school coach, so I get it. My biggest complaint – and it's funny you ask that because we just we – just, uh, you, you'll appreciate this. So we're in season now. We just started a program. Actually, my son, before we got on the podcast, my son texted me and said, Dad, we just had to take our shooting, our in-season shooting program to two sessions. We got, we, we're turning kids away. We have so many kids. Because you know why? They're not getting enough reps during, this, during our own practices. Yeah. So we just literally filled two programs like in a day. 
full on a Sunday, having two hours, full, two full hours of kids coming in, just getting up uh, a, a shooting program, shooting workout. But to answer your question, I know it's really hard because there's not a whole lot of time. I would say you got to get because again, I don't think kids can shoot the ball that well, you know, today. So I, I think I think you got to devote. I don't know how many shots, but I think somewhere in your practice, I think it's this important that you got to get 10 to 15 minutes of shot work up. I really do. You know, I, and again, I don't know what that equates to, but I, you know, in terms of uh, how many shots, but I think every practice you have to have some shooting in there. I, I know it gets tough because you get so much going on, but I, again, to me, it comes back down to the fundamental, those fundamental skills, whether it's shooting the basketball, whatever it is, that's going to pay you dividends more so than, you know, maybe if you have to slice a couple minutes off your your zone trap or you know whatever the case may be. Right. I mean, you got to find you got to find time. I mean, I, I just because the kids the kids want it, I and mean, this is this is proof of it. What I'm just telling you with our program, we just filled up today as we speak. Kids want those reps. I, I'm working with a kid uh, played for uh, Hershey High School. He's a sophomore. He's gonna be a very very good player. Starts for Hershey High School, which is in Hershey, Pennsylvania, and um, you know he just had like. Uh, I don't know, the other night he had 26, 11, and 6 or something like that as a sophomore. Right. And he's a very good shooter, but he wanted today. He said, Coach, I got it. He says, can you come in and put me through a shooting workout? He wants to get those reps because they played like three games this week and they're just not, you know, and that's typical of high schools around here. They don't get enough time to practice because they've, they've shortened the basketball season and extended the football season, believe it or not, in Pennsylvania. <laughs> but, um, right. I don't know how the coaches I don't know how the coaches allowed that to happen. I was like, you guys got to be kidding me. You guys didn't protest that? I mean, really going to let them take two games off the basketball season too. I know Pennsylvania is a big football state, but we're a big basketball state too. I'm like, right. That, that, that just shocks me. But anyway, um, I'd say you have to, if you can find 10 minutes, just 10 minutes, we believe how many shots, if you, if you, if you uh, design it right, how many shots your team can get up in 10, 15 minutes in a practice. I just think that's a skill that has to be, you have to continue to work on. Yeah. You know, and again, I don't know what that equates to how many, but yeah. Yeah. And I agree. Cause I, I think we, we definitely get more than that. We actually work mostly on layups. Uh, because at the girls' right. level, that's the most missed shot. Um, so we right. take hey. a lot of layups. But I think where my mistake is, I need – because I feel like we got to get more contested layups in. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a gotcha. mistake that I got to go. So I don't know what your belief is on that. Because you got to be careful, though. You don't want injuries this late. <laughs> so Well, no. No, you know what, Kevin, let, 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 let me share another nugget with you. And I'll tell you what, man, this is one of my favorite drills. And I'm not going to say, I'm going to tell you exactly where I got it. I got this from Kevin Eastman and he, they did this with the Boston Celtics. This is, this is a tremendous drill and you, and you, you don't have to worry about it's contested in a way, but not physically contested that they really got to focus or they're going to be, they're going to be doing it a while is we call it the three swish layups. Okay. Okay. So they start out in the wing and they come in and shoot a layup, okay? And, and you might say, okay, here's the rule. We got to get three switches in a row before we go to another spot, all right? Our kids are like, oh, you know, okay, that's easy, whatever. So, you know, they, 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 what they do is they start under the basket. They dribble, uh, dribble out around the wing there and come in for a layup. Um, the first player, person switches it, doesn't touch any rim. Second, you know, you touch the backboard, whatever. But you need three switches in a row. You will be surprised how that really hyper focuses the kids on their layups, and they yeah, will miss fewer it. layups. Yeah, yes, because it, it, believe me, it takes a while because two kids will, will switch it, and another kid, another kid will just nick the rim or whatever on the way in. Doesn't count. We go back to we got to get three in a row, and it, sometimes the first time they do it, so they learn that they really have to hyper focus. It might take them 15, 20 minutes, but it's well worth it 
because they get they get used to having to switch layups. They'll hardly they, they won't miss layups. Anymore. So everybody has a ball, or you have two lines, or how do you keep that? Um, you can do it like one or two balls. That not you could have, everybody could have a ball, yeah. or you know, you could do it at both ends of the court. You can even turn it into a contest. Two right. first, three switches first. Yeah, I like but, that. Uh, no, I, I know the Celtics. I know Kevin Eastman said they use that for Celtics. And you can do it from different spots. You can do it from the corners then. You yeah. can do it from the wings or move it around, you know, whatever. But I tell you what, I'm telling you, that's probably the best of all my travels, probably the best layup. And you don't have to worry about anybody getting hurt, but they got to really hyper-focus. And that teaches them how to focus when they're shooting a layup. They got to make three switches in a row. Absolutely. I love it. I'm going to try it tomorrow, Joe, and give you some feedback, man. So, uh, no, definitely. We get a lot of layups. <laughs> But we also miss a lot. Uh, we're right. a layup team, uh, just based on our offense. But I'm going to use that tomorrow and get back to you on that. Hey, tell hey, me. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I want to tell you one more thing with that. You know, I found because what we train too, and this has really helped, is we tell the kids you make layups with their eyes. So if you really, really give I me, mean, you got a harp on them, eyes up, eyes up. Every time you're going for a layup, eyes, eyes, eyes. Yeah. Because um, the biggest reason kids miss layups are their eyes are down to the last second, then they can't find the basket. So we really work, and you be—I'm I'm talking about high-level kids. Even we really focus on making layups with our eyes. Yeah, that's a great—that's a great teaching point. We'll definitely add that in, Coach. Can I um, tell? Let's give one last point for our listeners on what is one last piece of advice that you can give. You know, maybe maybe a, even an experienced coach on how they can improve their teaching of the game or leadership, um, and also how can our listeners get a hold of you? Okay, um, so a couple ways to, to improve your leadership. I just think that you have to be um, genuine. You have to be, you know, do it your way. You got whatever, whatever that way is, you got to develop your brand. Yeah, we, you know, we all, we all borrow and steal from each other. But like, you know, like I said, I've had, have a mentor. I've had great mentors who I've, I've, I've gained a lot from, either like from reading books or going to clinics but you got to make it your own. You know, you can't, I can't be a coach K. I can't be a coach Showwater. I, I can, I can, you know, use some of the things that have gotten them to where they are and incorporate that some way into what I do, but you have to be your own person, but you, you, you really have to be a learn it all. And you really have to be trying to, you know, whether it's reading books, like, you know, the, the, the Kevin Eastman book, while the best are the best. That's I've, I've read a lot of books. That is tremendous for basketball coaches. You know, Eve uh, Allen Stein, raise your game. It's just coming out two tremendous books that, you know, you got to read, you know, you got to spend some time every day reading and learning or, you know, listening to podcasts. I mean, I, you know, you guys do a phenomenal job on that, on, on this end of the stuff. I mean, it's just, it's great that you guys are offering this to coaches and, and what you do, Kevin. So, I mean, those kind of things, being a, being a good communicator, you know, and telling people the truth, I think, you know, and building relationships. I mean, again, it's not about climbing the ladder, you know, chasing success. Build, be genuine and build good relationships with people and treat people the right way. You know, your players too, you know, you, you know, kids, you can't fool kids. Kids know when, when, when you're not, when you're not being truthful, they can tell. So I think, you know, all those things are very important and uh, you know, making you a, a good coach, a good leader, a teacher, you know, and I, I've always said this, you know, I said some of the best teachers are your best coaches. Some of your best coaches, are your best teachers. I mean, you got you, you got to teach. You got to you got to you got to pretend, or you got to not pretend, but you got to think that they don't know anything. You got to you got to teach them. You know every little detail. 
that's I think that's the way you have to approach things. Right. And that's too hard preparation, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hard preparation. You know, like I always say, you know, success isn't easy. If it was easy, everybody could do it. Success is hard. I mean, you have to work at your craft, you know, whether as a player or as a coach, you have to be prepared. You know, you, you can't, there are no, and I tell kids this all the time and coaches, there are no, no shortcut shortcuts. Um, you know, I didn't get to the point I'm at now having, you know, being fortunate to do a lot of things I'm doing because, you know, I, I cut corners or things like that. You can't cut corners. I mean, hard work still does pay off and, and, and be great where you're at. Okay. You know, be great with what you're doing today. Be great at it. Um, you know, don't worry about, you know, where are you going to be next week or what job you're going to have next. Be great with what you're doing. You'll be surprised how success will happen then. And when you least expect some of the, some of the best things I've been able, fortunate to be able to do, I never knew were coming. I mean, you know, this it, is just through hard work and someone seeing, noticing what you're doing. So I think those things are all important. Great. Coach, how can the listeners get a hold of you? What's the best way um, through Unleash Potential? I know you have uh, a Twitter account, an email. Can you, How can the listeners get a hold of you? Yeah, so um, my Twitter account is at Coach S717. So they, they can reach me there. Um, if they go on, want to go on our website, unleashed717.com or unleashed potential, just uh, Google unleashed potential, unleashed717.com. They can go there. Um, my personal email is um, J S T A S A N D one. So it's J Staz and one um, at CenturyLink, C E N T U R Y L I N K dot net. So I can reach any of those uh, for the, for the listeners. And, and again, um, you know, I, I love helping other coaches and, you know, especially young coaches. That's why I love, you know, continue doing what I'm doing because I've been very fortunate uh, to work with a lot of people that I have and places that I have. So I'm always open to going places. You know, I'd love to come down here and do something with you guys, Kevin. And yeah, that'd be great. Any of the listeners, you know, you're interested in having me. I, I just feel like, you know, like, like I said, my experience is very unique. I've been a high school coach. I've been an assistant college coach. I have performance training background. I, I do stuff with you. I you know, work with USA Basketball. I just, you know, I just have a wide variety of, of, of different things. I've been a, I've been a high school AD. Um, just have a wide variety of experience. I think sort of unique with the opportunities and the people I've had to, to work with. And I love I love to share that knowledge with others help them be successful yeah and that and i just want to tell you i appreciate you coming on and sharing with us um you know my my podcast is uh was designed so i can kind of learn from great minds like yourself and kind of i i just that's why i have i call it championship vision because i love guys like you have a great vision and are in it for the right reasons trying to help people and i uh and really help us coaches i've learned so many things by listening to you and i sure appreciate you coming on coach Oh, no, thank you, Kevin. I, I appreciate you. And, uh, you know, anytime I could ever do anything for you, please don't hesitate to ask. And uh, you're doing a phenomenal job with what you're doing. I just think it's so great what you're doing. So I really commend you. And, and, I, and, I, and, I, and I, I want to commend you for being a, a high school coach and a teacher because, you know, that's, that's what I did. And, uh, you know, I wouldn't trade that for anything. And that's a grind sometimes, and it's hard. And, but you know what? You're, you're, doing, you're doing great things for kids, and I, I really appreciate you. Yeah, thank you so much. All about impacting kids, right? Yes, absolutely. That's what it's about. 
Yeah, I appreciate it. Joe, thank you so much for uh, uh, having the time to share with us. And I wish you the best. And uh, hopefully we stay connected for a while. Thank you so much. Yep. Thanks, Kevin. Thanks, Coach. Bye now. This is Alan Stein Jr. My new book, Raise Your Game, High Performance Secrets from the Best of the Best, will be available from all major book retailers on January 8th. Raise Your Game takes a rare peek behind the curtain and shows you what the top coaches and players in the game do during the unseen hours. I share their routines, rituals, and habits, as well as proven strategies that you can implement with your team immediately. If you want to maximize your coaching impact and influence, order your copy today at RaiseYourGameBook.com.